run it up, bro. Let's run it up. Run it up, man. Let's run it up. <clears throat> What's up, people? We're back again. Trying to be nice and consistent for you guys. We've got a very, very special guest before we get into all of that. First, the introductions. It's me, Des, Destiny, whatever you want to call me. One half of the Visions podcast, joined by my very special and fantastic guest, JT, also known as Josh. Um, we're here in the building, blessed to be here. Another day, another opportunity. Thank you, Lord. And we're joined here by a very, very special guest, someone that has a very pivotal part in what we're doing over here, who's also... Actually, I'm not going to tell you that next bit because he'll tell you that for himself, but um, I'll allow him to introduce yourself. Please tell everyone who you are, um, what it is that you do, what it is that you're wanting to do, why you're here. Just please let him know, bro. Yo, hey guys. Um, my name is Captain Isaac. I'm 28. Ooh, what am I? What do I do? Firstly, I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son of God. You know, I'm Jesus, my Lord and Savior. You know, my beloved. And, um, and then after that, I'm, I'm a worshiper, man. Um, I love worship. I love everything to do with worship. And worship isn't just because well, I'm a singer or I'm a songwriter or I'm a guitarist. No, worship is a lifestyle. You know, it, it stems even to the depth of how we speak to one another, how we speak to our friends, how we speak to our brothers, how we speak to our sisters. So I'm a worshiper. Um, I'm also responsible for um, a worship group called Tahila Worship UK, also responsible for uh, a club online called Tahila London, and recently now a founder of the Mormons podcast. So yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I don't know if I miss anything up there, Destiny, but I'm sure it's pretty much me in, in a nutshell there. Okay, okay, wow, okay, this is exciting. Loads, loads of different things to delve into, and, and, we're, and we're gonna do that. Um, so tell us um, about what worship means to you and how Tahila Worship UK, what, how that came about, and, and what does it represent? What does it mean? Ooh, um, worship to me is one of those things very sacred to me. Um, you can attest to this destiny. We can go to church together. But as soon as we enter the so-called church building, I forget any form of friendships and relationships. Not in a place of that I don't appreciate those people. No, I'm now fully aware that I've come to, to offer worship onto the very being that we call the king of heaven or our king or our savior. And... When I'm in that space, it's just me and him, you know? And that's what it feels like. That's how he makes me feel. You know, whenever he speaks to me, it just, it just feels like it's just me in the room. Even though there's, there's thousands of people, things are breaking out. It just feels like in worship, it's just me and him. So that's what it means to me. And to hear the worship that came from literally, I was in my room in uni, um, I was about 20 or 21. And I was worshiping God on, on my guitar or through YouTube, etc. And the, the Holy Spirit, which is a part of God, which he is God, for those that are not aware, he is God, right? He came upon me and he said to me, I've given you a Tehila garment. And it, it's spoken in, in, in Tehila is a Hebrew word or Aramaic word. Um, it means songs of the spirit, spontaneous songs, right? I was thinking, what does Tehillah even mean? So I paused that 
situation with God. So he got on my phone to Google the word Tehillah because I had never heard of the word before. And when I then found out what it meant, that songs of the spirit, uh, songs of the heart, and Paul would talk about it in his letters, talking about sing Tehillah songs, sing songs from the heart, songs of the spirit, offer them onto the Lord, you know. So that's what they came from. This came from a little encounter between me and dad, me and my father in heaven. Yeah. So that's what I came from. Wow. That's go on, Jay. No, I was gonna if go ahead, because I wasn't gonna, I was just yeah, I wasn't gonna ask anything. So we can just yeah. Okay, okay, okay. No, that's that's amazing. That's really cool because there's we live in a society, there's so many people that have so many things to offer, and a lot of the time they'll kind of suppress it for, for whatever for one reason or another, could be social pressures, personal anxieties, worries, fears, or concerns. But um how would you say the way that you live your life kind of sets you up to to want to be better each and every day, to want to achieve your visions and goals, to want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you? And what kind of impact can you see that having having on the people around you? That's, that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> Very deep question. Goodness gracious. Um, I would say to anyone, uh, whether they're younger than me, same age as me, or older than me, the two things that this year has really unraveled to me uh, to be able to, to do what I do at the level that I'm doing it and to the level that I'm going to, which number one is you have to have discipline. You have to be disciplined, right? And discipline, it will also allow you to be accountable. Everything that I do, I'm accountable, not just before God or to God only. I'm also accountable to my immediate circle, my inner circle. I've got close friends that know all the goals that God has given me, and I'm accountable to those people as well. So those people have the license or they have the, the permission to one day pull up on me and say, hey, Clappy, how far with the album? Or hey, Clappy, I guess they called me another week. Said, Clappy, where's the, the Moments podcast uh, page on Instagram? And I was scratching my head. And obviously one of my good friends, Doris, was on the call. And then she was like, okay, I will do it right away. So it's having accountable friends, people that hold you, that you, hold you accountable to the dreams and visions God has given you. And that would allow and propel you to almost live at the level of the armor or even greater or even better. And number two, what I would say as well, what shaped me and the way I live on my life now as well is vulnerability. You know, there's many things that Josh, JT, I can tell you my bro that I'm not good at. And I know the Bible says you can do all things to Christ because we can, trust you, we really can. <laughs> I'm humble enough to tell you I'm a, a good graphic designer. Mm. I could, if you gave me the tools, I could probably learn it and do it, but I could never do it to the level that you did it, or the level that Alex does it, or the level that Doris does it, or the level that Destiny can do it, because it's not a skill set that I've ever explored. So it's been vulnerable enough to say, you know what, God has given me all these dreams and visions. Who do I know that serves in this department a lot better than I do? Right. That vision is bigger than you. It's bigger than your ego. It's bigger than your hundred percent. Yeah, you desire to prove that I'm a man. I'm a guy. You know, when I think of the kingdom, I don't see my face. The kingdom, the face that I see is Jesus. So it means that there's a song that He gives me, and He tells me, "Oh, that person is any better, or that person better on that song." Trust me, I'm moving out of the way. 
because <laughs> the vision is bigger than me. So it's having discipline and also being vulnerable. I guess one thing to say is that just, just have reverence for Jesus or for God. Mm. And then you live a healthy lifestyle. Have reverence. Not, not, don't be scared of him. That even one doesn't wake up and just shoot you down or kill you down because you, you've seen. No, I'm saying be Jesus conscious in all your doings. Be Jesus conscious in how you deal with people, in how you interact with people, in how you deal with people when it comes to business, in how you deal with people when it comes to even this podcast session. Maybe in late, I, I, the first thing that I did was apologize. Mm-hmm. Even though I've got a toothache, it's still not justifiable for being late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's accountable and, say, and knowing to be vulnerable and say, you know what, I'm wrong here. It's what will propel any business, any vision from God. If you can be that before people and God, trust me. Trust me. The sky is a limit. You've never even seen nothing. The sky can even contain the glory that God has put in each and every one of us. Mm. But it takes those two things, discipline and vulnerability. Mm. Amen. Amen. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's so important for life. We need having discipline, having vulnerability. And when you're able to have it with the Lord, it's so much better. When you can come to that place and you say, Lord, use me, use me. But then you also come to him and you come boldly before the throne and you say, Lord, please humble me. Please give me a humble heart. Please give me a servant heart, willing to serve other people, willing to be vulnerable before the Lord. He knows mm-hmm. our thoughts. He knows the things we're struggling with. We need to come boldly before and tell him what we're feeling, tell him how we're experiencing. It's okay to be upset um, with the situation or you're, you, you want to know answers from the Lord. You may not get them straight away. Um, it's usually a yes, a no, or a wait. You know, and a lot of the time it's a wait. Um, so we, we kind of have to be prepared for that. Um, my next question would sort of be, what do you see in the church right now? What's the current posture for the church? What do you see things that need to be changed and altered? And what, what things would you say that we're doing well currently? And I, I say this, we live in England. Uh, the, the global church is, is, is a whole different because we don't know what's going on everywhere. But for, for what you see in, in, in where we're at right now, um, what, what do you think needs to be improved as in things that aren't very good right now? And what things do you think we need to do? Because I have my own, my own theories in, in regards to this, especially with trying to go out there and, and captivate the young people, because I have a passion for trying to get the young people out of the bondage, out of the drugs, the alcohol, the weed, the sex, whatever it is, and, and trying to show them who Jesus really is, you know? Yeah. Um, Destiny and JT, um, when I look at the church, I, I say that we are at, we're at a tipping point. We are at a tipping point, and we decide where the ship tips, whether it will tip to the glory or it will tip, it will tip to, the, to the pretense that we've always been used to. Um, and I really feel like, strongly, I really feel like it has to be not okay for a very long time before it gets to be okay. We're going to have to get uncomfortable way before anyone can get comfortable again, because there's a level of I believe boundaries that have been crossed in you know, uh, where people now don't feel within the church that they can trust the church. You know, when I think of the church, uh, many people look at it as a hospital, right? When you go to the hospital, the last thing you want to do is be questioning the credibility of the hospital, number one. Number two, the people that are doing service within the hospital, because you're going there for a critical condition. You don't go to the hospital to say hello. <laughs> if you do, glory be to God. But most of the times, when you go to a hospital, it's because you're in a critical condition. Right. Mm. The last thing you want to do is to be questioning 
the credentials and the heart postures of the people who are within those responsible roles as doctors, nurses, etc. So when I look at the church, I, I see a body that Christ said he'll come back to with a blemish. So I could never speak ill of it. I could never speak down on it. But I can always challenge it and say, how are we doing when it comes to bridging the gap between generations? How are we doing when it comes to building a gap between specific races or genders? Because there's a lot of clicks in check. Let's talk about it, man. You mm. know what I mean? That's I'm not lying. That's not lying. <laughs> when I look, when I look at the church, right? There's a lot of clicks in church, and it breaks my heart because it does not reflect the kingdom at all. No. In or capacity, you know. Jesus was always the one you see him one minute he's with the woman that's caught in adultery, next minute he's at the tax collector's house, next minute he's even talking to the Pharisees, next minute he's somewhere. He was always thinking about engaging. Mm. He was always trying to. The woman at the, at the well, Samaritan, two different uh, demographics, two different nations collided. His heart was always to bring everyone together. So when I see the church and the children of the church, the self-professed children of the church, because we have to start speaking like this. You know, mm. where I, I'm, not, I'm not saying the self-professed because uh, the Bible says, the Jesus says, I only do as I see my father do. I don't know, the father that I've encountered is not a father of division, is not a father of isolation, is not a father mm. of click. Oh. In the head. So when I begin to look at people now, and I'm not looking at them from a judgmental perspective because I've also realized that I also fall short and I've made mistakes in my life. But you know what I mean that I cannot be challenged. Mm-hmm. I say, when I look at the, the church and the, the construct of cliques, divisions, they, them over there, them over there, I'm over here, it only reflects what in other kingdom that I know. The kingdom mm. of Ah, talk about it. Yeah. But so, when I see people profess to be people of my father's kingdom, I have to see my father's attributes in me. Mm. But if I begin to see attributes that resemble another kingdom, that means the, the father of, of who you listen to is not my father, because the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice and a voice of a stranger that do not follow. Right? Jesus will say, I only do as I see my father do. I only say as I hear my father say. So if your language you're speaking is not reflecting the kingdom language, you're speaking a different language to us, which is of that kingdom. So I've got every right now to say and call it out and say, this is not right, this is not, this is not my kingdom. It's not my father's kingdom, because my father's kingdom, there's unity. <laughs> the Bible says that let us all unite, let us all be in one accord. Mm. If one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that if, if, if someone's mourning, find out why they're mourning and mourning with them. Amen. Gossip on why they're mourning. They don't say have a have a meeting on why they're mourning. No, no. It says go and mourn with. Them. Oh, it's right, right. Mm. And I, 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 the church. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of. I, I call them, and I, and I, and I mean it in a very, not disrespectful way, but very disrespectful way at the same time. There's a, there's a lot of uh, I call them five minutes Christians. They've just been here for five minutes. And I, I want to speak to those. I really want to speak to those. I want to speak to those from a place of saying, hey, let, let, let us all humble ourselves before the Lord. 
Let us all just humble ourselves for a second before his holiness. Right, the Bible says in the book of Acts, there were these two people that were so excited about the gospel, right? Which is an amazing thing. They should get upset about the gospel. They should get pumped up for the gospel. But because of their passion, they lacked revelation. And passion that is not managed is a dangerous passion. It can lead people into dangerous situations. And these two young people have found out how dangerous passion that is not managed can be. They decided they're gonna go and cast out demons right their passion in christ caused them to go and do something without having the revelation of what they're going to do the approach is to possess people the demon said hold on time out <laughs> a demon put them on blast he said yo 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 wait chill 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 you've only been here but i'm paraphrasing you've only been here for five minutes we know paul we know jesus but who are you See, when we, when we are operating, we will operate as Christians, we have to understand that the level of ranking or the level of uh, spiritual authority that we have to carry. And that comes from revelation, not from time. It comes from revelation. But one thing that I would always challenge the new Christians or the new ones that have a lot to say <laughs> about other people and other people's walks, I always say the platforms that you're standing on were built for the very people you're speaking against. You know, I, I've, I've had the pleasure, Josh, of witnessing so many moves of God. I've, I've seen so many powerful young men and women of God in my short life, right? And some of the young men and women of God have filled rooms with 200, 300 plus or more people. I've seen them, I've seen God move through them to do miracles. My own two eyes have witnessed it. Me of people might have not been friends now, but one thing I'll never do is give a false testimony of who they are. Right. So when I hear the new people now that were not there when these other people were praying and doing all this stuff for Jesus and knocking doors and pushing the foundations of worship and perspective of who Christ is, this new one want to speak against them because the, the, the other ones are now maybe allegedly outside, but we'll get to that later. Right, I'm thinking, hold on, let's pause for a second. The answer person said, let's pause for a second. You've only been here for five minutes. I know what these people have done. And yes, I understand that you want to point fingers at them and say, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. But when you were doing far worse than what they're doing, they never pointed a finger at you. Right. Do you get me? Mm. And the church, they have this love and hate friendship with Clapton because I will never ever condemn, but I would always put a mirror and say, hey, before you point at them over there that are doing what they're doing over there, when you are the one doing far worse than them, they never point the finger at you. So what gives you the right to conclude their story? They never concluded your story. So my, my, my passion is for the young people, because I know this answer question is that humble yourselves. <laughs> one rule, let it take it from me. I refuse to stick against anyone, even if I fall out with them. I refuse to stick against them because I don't want life to humble me. It's best to humble yourself than for God to, God to do you. it. You understand? Bro, it's bad. The people that you're saying they're finished, they're done, they're out there, da -da -da, mm. they'll become the next move of God. And then you take a guitar and you walk into a room 
And then the head chief commander of that room is a very person that you are speaking against. Mm. Only you and God will know how embarrassing that moment will be for you. So my advice for the young people that are coming up is have humility. Learn to study the moves and the platform you're standing on. Learn to study the names of the people that were there before those platforms were even given on to you. So that's why I see the church. There's a lot of gossip right now. It's, it's more like the Shedborough. You know, if I want you, if I want, if I want gossip, I'll go to Shedborough. Yeah, yeah. They're experts. Let's be experts at what we're called to be. Come on. The Shedborough experts are giving gossip because that's their kingdom. That's what they've been given to do. Right. We as a children of God have not been given <laughs> dominion to be gossipers mm. or to be self-righteous. You know, you see the woman that was, I love this story because it's just what the church needs, right? Mm. The woman was caught in adultery. She was caught, JT, in the act. She wasn't caught after the adultery. Mm. She was caught in. She was, it was on site. She was they caught her in the act, bro. Okay. It don't matter. They caught her in the act. So there's no way you can say, nah, it didn't happen. Nah, he's lying. They caught her in the act. And the first thing they did, this is what I see the church. The church represent the people that were stoning the woman. And that woman represent the people that want to come to church. Are you with me? Mm. The church represent the people that were throwing the stones. And what I truly believe the women represent everyone else outside of the church. I really believe people outside the church want to come to church. I'm strongly, I'm strongly, strongly convinced that that people want to come to church. But they know the second they knock on the door, we are just going to get, we're going to take stones and they're going to start chucking at them and say, this is what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. But there's a man that came in a story called Jesus, man of sin. <laughs> he came, he wrote on the ground, he spoke to him and said, let he that's without sin cast the first one. Let us be a church that remembers what, what we've been saved from. Remember where you came from. Remember the darkness that he took you out of. And maybe that will stop you from doing this. When you remember where he took you from, it will always stop you from pointing fingers in other people's business. Because the grace and mercy will be too heavy on you that you're going to... That, I find it so bemusing for the church, but the church has so much time to be investigated into people's stories and into people's lives and to be actually making movements for the kingdom of Jesus. <laughs> that to me is very problematic because I'm looking at a body. We're saying we're in the end times and we really are in the end times. I believe that and I'm for that. And my pastors, they'll tell you, we're, we're, it's, it's war, it's a sight for everyone, right? But I find it very heartbreaking that when we know that there are people's souls that are at stake, we know that the time that we don't have enough time, people are using the, the little time that they have to investigate other people. How about you take that time that you have to investigate and get the FBI? And you say, you know what, I want to use the time that I've got, the little time that I've got left. Instead of investigating these people here, I want to use this time on the dream that God has given me. How many souls will be saved by your life? I think more than the souls will enjoy you investigating the story of that person or mm. that group. Why so, do you think that happens so much? Why do you think we're so why do you think we're so invested in 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 gossiping and, and venturing into other people's story and so like 
we're so absent of our own lives or our own like seeking our own salvation and and uplifting each other and reaching the people that we need to reach because they want to be the savior they like a lot of people in the church they like um being the one like because uh, i've seen it happen um there'll be a person that's struggling that, that comes to the church and then has, has has baggage or sin whatever it is just like we all have and they this leader or person may feel that um they are the ones to change or, or save this person and then they diminish the power of jesus to the point where they feel like they are the person that can get them right so you need to do this you need to do this you need to do this instead of firstly consulting with the father first consulting with the word consulting with other people being there and consoling there is going to be many opportunities and many times where all you have to do is sit and listen I've seen it happen many, many a time. And that is, it, it's so amazing to see it that way. You see someone, they come to you, they're broken, they're hurt, they have a story, they have something they want to tell. Yes, it may be full of sin. Yes, it may be full of this, this, this mess. Yes, this may be still going on currently. That does not mean that Jesus cannot take that person and save them. Not at all. Salvation is free for all. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. So being able to just sit there and just listen, listen to what they have to say, listen to their struggles, listen to their pain, offer to pray for them, that's it. And the next time you see them, you have no idea what can happen next. I so agree with Clapton's point in that there are so many people that want to come to church, but they feel as if it's going to be an environment where they're going to be judged. Yeah. They feel as the rebellion against Christ is massively rooted in the fact that they, they know or feel as if they're not good enough for it. So instead of wanting to find out more, they instead reject it out of their, it just has an automatic defense mechanism yeah. you know when we as children felt we were not good 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 enough for something or for someone we would we would act as if we didn't care oh i don't care you, you get a d on a test for example and then you just say oh i don't really care i didn't even study for it anyway knowing full well you do care and you did study but it's yeah. that rejection that feeling of, of of upsetment that you didn't get what you want or you don't feel accepted by the test or by other people that you then reject it and that's what it is in the case of many people which is just not all you know, some people are just fully not interested. Some people have other reasons. Some people have church hurt, which is a whole different conversation. Um, but it should be a, a place where you can attract young people. It should be a place where people can come as they are. But many are feeling they need to come perfect. They need to come without any baggage in order to be accepted when that should not be the case. And this is why a lot of the time many churches are stuck where they are and, and why less and less young people are wanting a relationship with Jesus. Yes, and yet less and less young people are in the churches. You know, how is it now that when you go to any church, you see young people, you're surprised. That's how I've been for a very long time. And when I go to a church and I see someone within the age range of about 16 to 25, you know, if I see anyone within that age range, I am shocked. I'm thinking, wait, what's happened? Who are they? You know? And, and, and that's not how I grew up when I was young. I saw loads of people in church, but as we've gotten older um, and the world has gotten worse and worse, less and less people have been turning to Jesus. And I blame the church for part of that reason, not fully, but part, because I know that we can do better. And it's a lot to do with the leadership, accountability and vulnerability yeah. yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more i couldn't um echo that even more i i generally believe that if jesus says that the harvest is plenty but the laborers are few and i come into the place where the harvest is meant to be and there's no harvest someone is lying to me it's either the church is lying to me or jesus is lying to me I know that Jesus could never lie. Right. And, and uh, I, I, I strongly believe that when we begin to look more like Jesus, when we begin to make the church safe again, when we begin to make discretion, integrity, honor, 
the principles that we live by again, will the world will become a better place swiftly and quicker than we can ever anticipate. Before we can even blink, we'll be thinking what's happened. The, the church as an essence, not just the leaders, I don't because it's always easy to point point at the top. I never point at the top, I point everywhere. So like I say it's a smoke for everyone, I mean it's a smoke from the top to the bottom and all the way to the, the, the person that does the business. Right. We have to bring back integrity. Integrity and discretion has been lost within the church. That's one of the things why young people don't come to church because they'll say, hey, Kathy, I spoke to person A about uh, the situation, but the situation has not become a public affair. Again, that echoes what Destiny says, betrayal. And what does betrayal do? It leads to rebellion, right? Um, we also have to be integral to our word. A lot of people in church, they, they give the word, but never fulfill the word. What, what we call the child to, to go and play next door is when within their home they don't feel heard or they don't feel like what their parents promise is ever fulfilled. And it's easy for someone next door to then tempt that child. And all that person has to do is fulfill one thing. That's what the devil does. The devil doesn't really do anything incredible. It just comes at a particular moment in someone's life and fulfills a need that that person believed that the children of God should have fulfilled, for example. And then boom, they've gone right or left, whichever, whichever hand you want, you can pick. It's lack of integrity and lack of honor. Again, it got, comes back to why people don't have been in church because of honor. If I was someone that has been in a specific church and I've served in a specific church, and the second I move on to a different denomination or move on to do something different in my life, the people that I used to help are speaking ill of me. How do you how do we expect people to come to church? Because let's not act like when people do people wrong, they're the way the media set for the speak to. People have friends, you know. Remember in church, that's how I look at it. I'm always saying, Kathy, you gotta be very careful with how you treat people. Because that one person initially is five people. Then you've got five close friends. So as soon as I upset that one person, he's gonna go to his five people, tell them, I want to change this cousin spoke to me, this cousin dealt with me. Those five friends have other five friends. That's not 10 people. <laughs> do the maths, do, do, do the domino effect, right? That's why people don't want to come to church because we've heard so many of the same stories over and over again. When people come to church and people say, oh, Captain, you're quite, you've got a strong stance on stuff, or you've been a bit too passionate, rightfully so, because people come to church in desperate needs. People are not. When they come to church, bro, I, I, I've had the privilege of just listening. I think one of the greatest things to do, if you're, if you're a church leader or anyone in church, just listen, man. Before you, before you do all this, just listen. You, I promise you, you'll accomplish more for that person by just listening than you ever do with any scripture or any word you can give to them. Yeah? People come to church with needs. So when someone has a need, the last thing they want to do is you point out what's wrong with them. Mm. The first thing they want to hear is, God is saying this to you right now. They come in with a need, they require a solution. We're meant to be solution problem solvers. The church is meant, if you want the church to grow, if you want the church to be filled with young people, let's become the problem solvers to the questions and the issues that they're facing. Mm. It's that simple. 
There's no method to it. The, the only method of Jesus. That's the only method. And what would Jesus do? Jesus always gave solutions. You know, he, he, the woman at the well, he, he didn't even bother to get into detail about her shenanigans. He just said, you know what? Hey, the sins are forgiven. Go and see no more. The woman, what are you going to do? Again, remember what I said about five people. Remember what I said about one person is technically a nation or a community. She went to back to her community, which is known for different reasons. And told them, and told everybody <laughs> that she had someone from church, yeah. And she brought everybody from that location to that someone from church, which was Jesus at that particular moment. That shows you the importance of your character. People think when I speak out on Instagram, when I speak out, I'm having an emotional man. I'm not, I'm simply defending the name of Jesus. Not that it is defending, but I realize that even me growing up. The perspective of Jesus that was presented to me is far from the Jesus that I read about and the one that I've encountered in my own personal moments. So I'm very passionate about it. So if you tread and really on something I'm passionate about, I want to stand up and speak about it. So mm -hmm. I think the church, for it to see more people in church, let's be a people of character, less people of platforms. I'll, again, I want to address this because this is why we don't have many people in church. We don't have many people in church because of platforms because of the stage, it's the stage and the mic are becoming an idol, yeah? Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I don't fear Jezebel no more. I don't fear Delilah no more. I don't fear none of them there. I fear the stage and the mic. Because I've seen people only pursue this thing called Jesus for the stage and the mic. They don't even pursue Jesus no more. Talk about it, talk about it, speak on it, man. They don't even pursue Jesus no more. When I said to let's go prayer meeting, Let's pray the mute. But a second, I, I said he has a mic to do something. Oh my goodness. Everyone's pursuing the stage and the platform. When has the stage and the platform become more important and more famous than Jesus? When has the stage and the platform become such a big? I don't know. I don't know where maybe I don't wear, I don't wear my glasses more often because I don't see what is so glorious about the stage and platform that people have made it so famous and the one that they made it singing and praying to. We've, we've become more like the stage than we've become more like Jesus. That's what I would say about the church. It's become more like the stage. Performance, right. facade. Right. It's decorated. It's all decorated. We're all decorated now. Not, not, not many people in church are authentic. Yeah. And let me tell you one thing. This generation, one thing they can smell is BS, screaming language. One thing that they can smell is counterfeit. One thing that this generation knows about, if you wear fake Gucci, they will tell you before they even see you. This is the generation that you, you are trying to capture. They know everything from a fake thing. They know when someone is being real with them, when something is fake with them. They know when someone has ill intention or good intention. They're not as blind as they think they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, so and we pursue the platform, we lose the essence of the person that we're meant to represent. So now when you go out to evangelize, or when you go out to speak to people at work, the reason why they're not attracted to you is because they're not attracted to the stage. It's the glory that attracts people. Don't get mistaken, it's not the stage or the platform that attracts people. It is the glory. The Bible says that if you lift up his name, he will draw all men to you. If you lift up Christ Jesus, he will draw all men to you. He didn't say if you lift up the stage. Yeah. If you lift up Christ, he will draw all men to you. Yeah. That's the key. The key is 
do not become one thing I, 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 I'm very intentional about is history. I study the things that made people before me fall, or that, that is making people before me, that people that I'm witnessing fall. And I say, God, withhold every blessing that you have for me and to everything that resembles this person, that person, that person's mistake in me, left me. Because I'm not going to become another statistic when I'm at a platform that God has given me and I've become also a reason for someone's church hurt or for someone's perspective of ministers or worshippers to be distorted. Because I told God, as my after closest friends, I tell you, I didn't play guitar for the whole year and a half. Because of what I was saying, I was saying, well, like for example, because I've been able to minister for a long period of time, people come off stage, they have no regards of the people they minister to. They let me say hello to them. That to me was a problem. Do you get what I'm gonna say? And I will speak up on this because it's not right. Mm. The people that we minister to, without them, there's nothing to minister about. So your gift is dormant. Let me tell you, let me be the first to tell you if you've never heard it before. Without those people in the audience, without those people showing up, you have no way to express your gift. Just unless it is before him. So, so the least you can do is when you come off the stage or before you go on the stage, greet them. Say hello to them. I, I challenge every single person, and it's not just people that are that are leading worship. If you're an usher, if you, if just even if you're just a normal person, you greet the person next to you. Mm. There's no one in church that should esteem or see themselves as here. Mm. All equals. I just have the benefit, and the, I, just, I just got not lucky. I just got blessed that I get to live worship here and there. But does that mean as soon as I come down the stage, I look down and everyone else so they can touch me like I'm a celebrity? Keyword. <laughs> Celebrate culture has crept in even into the church. Yeah, yeah, that worldly celebrity culture. Yeah. Mm. But we're here to dismantle it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're hurting people. And I, I want you guys to hear me. The reason why I'm saying so sternly is because we're hurting people. People have feelings. This, this is real life. It's not a simulation. I've hurt a lot of people. One thing that I do, I put my hands up. You know, repentance isn't. You're just saying, oh, God, I'm sorry for hurting this person. And then tomorrow morning, you get knocked and you get stabbed again. But God, I'm sorry for hurting that person. That is not repentance. Repentance is to turn away. Mm -hmm. Or to, to try and turn away. If you're, if you're going west, you're not going east. It's a change of direction, a change of heart, a change of mind. Mm -hmm. We're hurting people. When are we going to stay? When are we as a church? Where has accountability gone? Everyone gets offended when you challenge them. But they don't get offended when they point fingers at other people. The church is the first to want to call out everyone else on their sin. But the second someone the church challenges them, oh my goodness, it's a problem. So we're good at dishing out judgment until people begin to say, wait, are you not saying this to us, but over you look over there? The Bible says that to the same measure that you judge, you also be judged. Come on. You you reap what you sow. Mm. If, if you judge people, I promise you, one day someone come and judge you and you don't like it. So uh, restrain from it. 
Okay, it's better. It's for your, it's for your good that you're mopping. David understood this. King David understood this very well. When after all Saul had done, tried killing and pursuing him, David said, even though you were brought before me, even though you were delivered before me, I will not raise my hand against you because you're still God's anointed. So my, my, what I'm going to say with this, the people that you people are talking about that are out there doing whatever they're doing, they're still God's anointed to leave them alone. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Before we start pointing fingers at them, Let's remember there's still God's anointed. God still has a story with them. God still has a friendship with them. God is doing something in them. We don't even know why. We don't even know maybe one of them will become the owner of, of, of a pub one day and then change that pub for the kingdom of Jesus. We don't know. We don't. How are we giving conclusions to people's lives and stories that we only see in parts when there's a God who sees from Genesis to Revelation from start to end, and he has never ever told you the conclusion of their story. We know the authors. We know the authors. Yeah. 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 The, but we want to see that did. Want to give a conclusion to a story. Well, if you know the conclusion to my story, tell me how your story ends. Right. Everyone wants to tell everyone how people's story ends. Well, since you have got a great insight, become like Elon Musk, because you know how your story ends. Become like Elon Musk. Pick up something so we can we can really believe in your in your prophecies and of destiny. Believe in it. But if you don't have infinite knowledge, refrain from pointing a finger. Because we want the people back in church. We want the people to feel safe to come home. To the laughing has changed at home. Their pace. Look at the sort the sort of poor son. He was reinstated back to his original state. There was never, oh, you got work for it now. Right. Oh, we got to see you for two weeks in church before we can, oh, you can't sing for a month, you're on a trial. Where does this come from? What, what Bible are you not reading? Where, where the second the prodigal son came back home, he was reinstated to his rightful place. <laughs> so he repented for that. Do you get it? Yeah. So let's leave those people alone. Because before we, you had a mic and a platform, you were also doing stuff that you should be doing. Oh, Clapton, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Ah, this is this is too much, man. You're going to have to take a half-time break right now. <laughs> <laughs> you see, bro. You know what? Wow. Wow. Bro. Bro, I'm you just see- giving you insight to my conversations with God. Dog, bro, bro. With, 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 with the young people, like you said, they know when something's fake, bro. They can look and see these Christians that be putting Bible verses on their story and they're going to church and then on the weekend, they're getting slaughtered, they're doing all kinds of, and they're just thinking, Wait, what? Do, do you know why my friends could never come for me? Do you know why? Go on. Because when I'm outside, I post about it. And yeah. when I'm inside, I post about it. So they'd be like, yeah, that's captain. Oh yeah, yeah, that's captain. They get yeah. it. That thing surprises them because there isn't two different captains. Mm. The reason why I would always point fingers at people is when they see a different side of you, they're doing like, wait, 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 who's that? We don't know him. Wait, what about you? Do you know him? It's not like, yeah. that, that captain. Yeah. But I'm not saying like <laughs> I'm not saying we should um, do bad stuff. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So if, if, if you got that, then you got the wrong end of the stick. I'm simply saying, 
just be real. We all have life issues. We all have moments that we don't feel like ourselves. If you're a ministry, share those moments. I promise you, you'll find more mercy and grace when you make a mistake. But if people all never see it's perfect, the second they make a mistake, they're going to come for you because for so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm only human too. I want to get things wrong too. Yeah, I promise you, when you make a mistake, more people come around you to support you. That's what I got from when I went for a bad time in my, in my, in my walk. You know, people will see me do stuff I should, I should never have done. But they never condemned me. Then I kept saying, when we were doing bad, you never spoke ill of us. So we're here mm. for you. Mm. Mm. That's why I'm passionate about the world, because the world has shown me greater faithfulness than, than my own father's house. Saying, <laughs> yeah, talk about it. Yeah, there's yeah, what's yeah. saying this. There's what's saying this. Last week, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when, people, when people want to come for the outside people, I defend the outside people as if I'm, I'm still outside myself. Because when I when I was outside or when I was moving, I was one of the wilderness and I was broken. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to pray no more. I didn't want to sing. I didn't want. I didn't want to even hear the word Jesus. Yeah, I didn't even leave my room. It wasn't Christians that called me. It wasn't Christians that came to my, my house, my, my door, or my window, saying next gen, clappy, 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 yo, clappy, come out. It wasn't Christians that did that. It was the outside people, those people that we call outside people. They've demonstrated to me more of a Christ personality than people in the church. And that's a problem. Yeah, huge. When I'm seeing, supposedly, the mannerism and the ways of Christ in people that allegedly are outside and those that are meant to be inside. So let's refrain from pointing fingers at them and start pointing fingers at ourselves. And before, Bible says it, before you even consider the speck in the brother's eye. Okay, the log, bro. There's a huge log in our eye, bro. You hear me, JT? Yeah, I'm here, man. They, they, we, we need to have the tough conversations. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, we, we all, me, you, Destiny, the whole church and the whole kingdom, we're all going to have to be not okay for a long time before we get okay again. We're going to have to have tough conversations. No, hundred percent. Judgment that begins in the house of the Lord. We're not condemning anyone. We're saying before we can point at them, let's make sure that we're the perfect example. Because we are quick, man. Whenever I hear this a lot, man, it breaks my heart. And some of it is, is deserving. I'll be honest with you. Some things that people outside do is deserving. It is deserving to a degree. People message me and say, "Have you seen this? This is this is witchcraft." This is, I'm thinking. Have I seen your behavior the last two days? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, leave them man over there. Then they have my issue. Yeah. Because you're so quick to want to say, I've been saying this. No, I mean, the, fa- the fact that you even bring that to me, that's a problem. But that makes you a gateway to me for the kingdom of darkness. Because only, remember, I, t- I told you within the podcast, I say that there's two fathers. Yeah. There's one that convicts and one that condemns mm. when you bring me information that's of condemnation you are a gateway for the devil to me now and you have to go and people will say captain has cut off friends captain has done this oh i had to for the security of the thing that remember if i want to say anything let it be this your life 
your life, it cost someone his life. So you must protect it with your life now. I'll say that again before I missed it. I said, your life, it cost someone their life. So now as you live, you must protect your life with your life. So the second you come within my immediate circle, within my ear range, and you are projecting conversations of the specific kingdom, I have to cut you off because this thing that I have now, this second chance that I've got now, it costs someone their life. So I have to protect it with my life. I'm not saying I've got an issue with you. I'm not saying I've got beef with you. I'm not saying I wish ill on you. I'm just saying, if you will come around me, you got to speak a different language. I want to hear, he says, she say, have you called them? No, you can't be my friend. If you're going to come to me with a he says, she say, and you've not had a direct conversation with that individual that you are accusing or that's in question, you can't be my friend. Remember, Jesus has said it. Before you bring your offerings and your gifts before the altar and you know that someone has an issue with you, go and resolve that issue first. Or let's go talk about it. If you two can't resolve it and then bring third party to put in. No one person, if you can't involve it and then go to the prince. If not, then take it to the, to the whole community. But the issue of the church right now is that they're doing it in the backwards order. The second they thought of an issue with you, you take it to the community. That wasn't the, that wasn't the process that Christ gave you. The process was, if you're going to issue anything with anybody or a constitution, do first one-on-one. If you don't come resolve it, bring in a third-party person, not Trinity. If the Trinity cannot resolve it, go to the person of authority. If that can't work, he then says, take it to the streets. But the church, the way, again, back to your other question, why is people not coming to church? Because they're saying that as soon as, I remember people, oh my goodness, this generation is too smart. I'm a very intelligent young man. I'm very articulated. I'm very knowledgeable in many things. The one thing that I realized is that I cannot outsmart this generation. They are intelligent. They are walking Bibles. I promise you, they might have been Jesus here. They might have been Christ. They might have been church. But they can quote you every scripture from Genesis, Revelation, word for word, with even the commas and the full stops. They will give that to you. So now when they read your, now, I'm, I'm being real. They've read your Bible. Your Bible told, they told them that whenever there's a dispute or an issue between two peoples, it should go in this format. Remember, they're very smart. They would say, hold on, mate. When I had an issue with a person in church, it started off in a community. But their Bible says, it just started between me and them. And then they don't come to church. You wonder why? Because the, our characters are not reflecting the Christ, the creator. Mm. Apple has to re- represent and present Steve, uh, Steve Jobs. We have to be a reflection of the person that we say that we represent. It is that simple. It is that, it is that, it is that very simple. So we, we have to be uncomfortable. We have to. Mm. For his name's sake, we have to. <laughs> yes wow because like you said they, they know they're not silly they're not stupid as much as they may be outside doing what they're doing you think oh nah they're this they're this they're... they know they know so when you're not living it when you're not representing it when you're not loving when you're not kind we did a survey and we got so many responses and some of them 
one of them I, rem I remember it so well it was it was saying um basically don't be fake be intentional you know don't don't portray one thing and then do another stand firm you know because they see this they see the fact if if you are, are acting in a manner that goes contrary to what you believe in then why on earth should they believe it if they're already outside and how they're living is wrong but you're also doing the same thing they're just taking away the the, the believing in jesus part they're just one less than you you know so it's very important from they are watching everything everything you put in your story the way you behave the way you interact it's not difficult to say hello to someone when you come to church you should never be sat on your own without anybody in, and the, the service has started no one has said anything to you all the way through to the ending and no one has said anything to you and you have left that place and you have, and, and you have received nothing from it we're meant to be a family brothers and sisters in christ that's what in christ is either brothers and sisters in christ or you're married that's it that's it so when, when you come to church and then you don't have that community factor and and and, and like you said, that we're not adhering to the principles of which are being been given to and how to uh, solve issues and, and, and problems, then what are we doing? These young people are not stupid. They will go and do whatever it is that they want to do, that they like to do, that they enjoy. Do you know what I'm saying? So it has to be something that we have that they desire. And if we are behaving in a manner that does not support what we believe, then why should they come? You're absolutely right. Because if you listen to the music carefully, I love music. I, and I listen to all my music. I, I'll take that. I, and I watch all my boys. So I'm, I'm over there. Yeah. Mostak has got a song called Fake, Fake, Fake. Yeah. Uh, Drake and the man who got a song called No New Friends. Right. Most of the songs that you listen to are, are, are about, we call them secular artists. Right. If the secular world is tired of fakeness, it shows that they're desiring unity or they're desiring authentic Realness. relationships. Mm. Yeah. So they're thinking, well, clearly it's not in this kingdom because I've been in this kingdom. I've tested the fruits of this kingdom. It's not, with, it's not outside, clearly. And they put in the, in the songs. They're reaching, they're reaching out. They're actually reaching out. <laughs> we got some real friends. And then the place that, that they're meant to find, again, thank you, Holy Spirit. There's a time when Jesus went on a little journey. By the way, I like to tell stories as I, tell my story, as I, as I answer the questions. Jesus was on a journey. He was coming back home. He was hungry. He was hungry, bro. But he said, there's a tree that I know in my hometown, in the town that we're going to that. Yeah, it has nice fruits there. Yeah, so I'm going to just, I'm going to eat now. I'm going to eat when I see the tree. Yeah. I want you to take this and visualize this as Jesus is those people that are crying out for real friends. They're crying out for safety, your community. They've realized that on this long journey they've been on, there's a place, a place, a tree they can go to that was meant to allegedly quench their thirst or quench their, their hunger. And Jesus got to that tree and guess what? The tree had no fruits. He looked at it, there was no conversation. And Bible says that he cursed the tree, that from this day you will not bear fruits even out of season or even in season. And to this day, that tree has not bear fruit. What I'm trying to say is that Jesus is those people that are looking for realness, real friends, real relationships, real communities. And they have identified the church, but the church is behaving like that tree that when they've got there, expecting to see authentic, real stuff, they just see in leaves and there's no fruit there. The Bible says that's what you all said all the time to me. You always say that you will know them by their fruits. Again, the principle of fruits. When people come to you, what do they see? 
You can pretend to me all you want in church. You don't look holier than that, or holy or holier than whatever. You can do the captain dances and the captain flips or in front of the stage, whatever. Yeah. But if I was to go to your workplace, right? And I'm not gonna ask your team, because you can pretend your team as well. I wanna ask our departments that I don't really interact with you a lot, or they see in passing, or they engage with you slightly. I wanna ask them, what's this character like? What is she like? Would they give me the same testimony and account that you're presenting, Judge? If I was to 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 call your friends, 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 the extended parts of their friends that know of you, what would they say about you? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like 100% praise report, but it should be at least 65%. Or seventy percent, but I'm afraid that I feel like every motive was thirty five percent. That's the real truth. It's the fruit. Even Jesus, when he wanted something, he came looking for the fruit. So we have to be a people of fruits that bear the right fruits. Amen. Wow. And I, I think I think I think that's the perfect way to, to end it. If, if you took nothing else from this episode, let's be a people who bear the right fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. I think I'm missing some out. But these are the fruit. If if you are a non-believer listening to this and you've made it to this point and you are around Christians or you've seen Christians and they are not exhibiting those fruit, they are not being they have not been filled with the Spirit of God. Because those are the fruit that are evident with a spirit-filled believer, as it says in our word. So if you are not seeing those behaviors, they are not filled. So do not then hold them to that same standard of which you see someone else who is spirit-filled because it's a different thing. They may they may go by the same title of quote-unquote Christian, but the fruit shows that they are a true follower of Jesus Christ. And that's why in my bio, I do not have Christian because that is a term that is thrown so loosely and has lost its value and its power but the name of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, is just as powerful as it's always been. And it will never diminish its power. Mm. So please remember that, guys. That's real, man. That's so real. So, and yeah, man, that's all for me. Thank you so much, Clapton, for, for coming on. I just, you know, I'm still trying to digest all of that. Because that's a real, <laughs> that's a real call for us to examine our hearts, you know. It's a real call for us to really self-evaluate. Not just personally, but also, not just in a community, but also personally as well. So I just thank you for that. Um, that way. If anyone's listening to this, and when you do listen to this, I'm not saying that I figured it out. I'm not saying that I get it right all the time. I'm not saying these people should be perfect. I'm not saying that at all. I'm simply saying let's be conscious. We're, we're not bots. We're not robots. We're human beings. We have a consciousness. Mm. Let's be aware. Let's be. If you wrong someone, just say sorry. It, it don't take a lot. You know, I'm tired, and I know we'll be finishing yesterday. I'm tired of seeing my people, whether black, white, Asian, whatever color, killing each other. I, I'm tired of, I'm scared of going, I'm just, I love my phone, I really do. But sometimes I don't want to go on there because I'm just saying, who's dead today? Yeah. Which friends have killed which friend now? Yeah. You know what I mean? So the cry of my heart is, is let's be people of compassion. Mm. People of 
of true, authentic, genuine, transparent, vulnerable friendships, relationships, communities. Mm. Let's build each other more than we destroy each other. Mm. Let's encourage more than we criticize. Yeah. You know, because like I said, and I want to give people also, not a warning, but a reality call. If people gossip about you, if people slander you, if people um, do what they do about you, and you call them your friends, they're not your friends. Do not end up like my sister and, and, and I'm saying this over a genuine place. I'm tired of seeing people that think that friends of people die because of the of the supposed friendships. Some things just let them go. See them for they are. Don't hold on to potential. Don't hold on to um, history. We all have history. I've got history of many girls. Should I go marry all of them men? So you can tell me. Certain friendships are like your exes or your ex-partners. You don't go marry all of them. You don't go history of them. If that's your mindset. You can't marry all of them. Mm. Right? Some things you have to let go, man. For your sake, you deserve better. Like I said, and I don't know why I'm saying this. Your life, it costs someone else their life. So protect it with your life now. That's, that's your responsibility. Protect your life. Protect the people that are in your ears. Protect. I'm so for the collective mindset, but where has the individual mindset gone? Think for yourself. Have your own mindset, man. In Jesus' name, I just pray for God. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Father, I just pray for whoever would listen to this podcast, whoever is listening to this podcast. Firstly, may they know that they are loved. They are loved by a God who loves unconditionally, by a God who loves with no agenda by a God who loves without ever requiring or expecting anything from us. He just loves us because he loves us. Heavenly Father, if there are people that are listening to the podcast that are surrounded by the wrong people, I pray for giving the strength, the boldness to separate themselves for the sake of your kingdom, number one, but for the sake of the price you paid for them to live a fulfilled and prosperous and long life. Father, we are tired. Father, we... We are exhausted of mourning the death of our brothers and sisters due to the hands of jealousy. It started off with Cain and Abel, Lord, they're still going on now, Lord. So we bind the spirit of Cain. Mm. We bind every spirit of Judas of jealousy. Now, generation will be a generation that will uplift each other, will be a generation that will hold each other accountable, but not from a place of condemnation, but from a place to bring out the true essence and character of Jesus. In the name of the Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Wow, what a great way to close, man. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. God bless you guys. Hope this message touches you. And, um, yeah, we'll be back again soon. Don't worry. We're keeping it nice and consistent. And um, thank you guys so much for listening. God bless you guys. Have an amazing day. And peace. Peace.